Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome back to our live premiere on Rumble at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. I say welcome back because we started it yesterday. Like, Dan, you didn't tell us. Kind of kept it on the QT a little bit. Wanted to see how it went. Started on a Monday, kind of top secret style, ninja style. We thought uh, maybe we'd get a couple thousand people, being that we didn't say anything. Well, a couple thousand turned into 10,000, into 20,000, into 30,000, almost 40,000 at one point. And me and Guy looked at each other. We were like, wow, this is kind of thing kind of works. So welcome back. If you're interested in joining the live premiere, for those of you listening to my podcast at 11 a.m. Eastern time every day, just go to rumble.com slash Bongino. You can live chat and everything else. So uh, thank you for your support. That's pretty awesome. Folks, loaded show again today. Uh, yesterday's show was an important one. We exposed the trap. Today's going to be, I think, an even more important show because there's a big national conversation breaking out on a very, very serious issue we need to really deliberate on before anybody jumps the gun. And that's, do we really want a national divorce? What would that look like? Marjorie Taylor Greene mentioned it and it sparked a big national conversation. But as I always do, we need to be very cautious. We're going to walk through this today. What it would actually look like. Don't go anywhere. Today's show brought to you by Relief Band. This is my actual Relief Band. Uh, when I was undergoing chemo, nausea is obviously a problem. I wouldn't have, uh, I would have gone nowhere without Relief Band. I had this with me all the time. Why? Because it prevented my nausea. You got to check out Relief Band. They have a new sport version as well. Relief Band is the number one FDA cleared anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. Worked for me. The Relief Band Sport, make sure you never have to take your Relief Band off. It's the first ever waterproof wearable of its kind, plus it's rechargeable, and it'll last about 30 hours on a full charge. The Relief Band Sport can seamlessly attach to an Apple or Samsung watch, so you don't have to choose between wearing your Relief Band or wearing your smartwatch. So if you, don't, uh, so if you want the band that actually works at relieving your nausea, my daughter uses it too when she goes out on the boat, she gets sick sometimes. Check out Relief Band and their new sport version. We've got an exclusive offer just for Dan Bongino Show listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping. So head to reliefband.com, use our promo code Bongino for 20% off plus free shipping. Thanks, Relief Band. We appreciate it. All right, Joseph, let's go. All right, Daddy-O, here we go. So before we get to the national divorce, what it would look like, if it's even a good idea, I just wanted to address the rotting bag of oatmeal in the White House as he continues to humiliate himself, the nation, his family, the globe, the cosmos, any cosmos or unknown cosmos, if you're a believer in like string theory. Um, even if this is a computer simulation, someone wrote a moron into the program. What's Here's happening? Joe Biden yesterday at the... <laughs> Here's Joe Biden yesterday at the White House uh, with these absolutely ridiculous comments by the rotting bag of oatmeal. Check this out. I, I, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> I know where the power is. I know where the power You think I'm joking. I learned a long time ago. I, I might be a white boy, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not stupid. I would, uh, I would sincerely debate that premise. Not that you are a <laughs> white boy, whatever the hell that means. Stupid. But the second part, I think, is strongly debatable. I just wanted to throw that out there to show you what's leading our country right now. This is the president of the United States talking like this. 
So Marjorie Taylor Greene, a congresswoman I, I like a lot, she made some comments uh, not that long ago about how the country is starting to divide itself and that it may be time for a natural divorce. I want to be clear. She since cleared up those statements to say she wants to return more to federalism. She's been absolutely categorical, especially for the liberal nuts out there who listen to this show. Uh, welcome. We'd love to see you wet your diapers as you listen. She's been absolutely categorical. She's not obviously talking about a civil war. She's talking about the schism in the country between the left and the right and how we just don't agree on anything anymore, which she's not wrong about. I'm going to play her comments. I'm going to talk about this because this is a really, really serious topic. What would a national divorce actually look like? Here are some of the comments that sparked this big conversation. Check this out. In my life, in my world, I all of my friends are regular Americans. Everyone I talk to is sick and tired and fed up of being bullied by the left, abused by the left, and disrespected by the left. And our ideas, our policies, our ways of life have become so far apart that it's just coming to that point. And the last thing I ever want to see in America is a civil war. Um, no one wants that. At least everyone I know would never want that. But it's going that direction. And we have to do something about it. We're also a nation, a crumbling nation. We're a nation in distress. Our government is in complete failure. Over $34 trillion. We are on the verge of default. And we have to do something about that. But that was the right and the left that did that to the American people on their own. But the Democrats never stop pushing their policies, their ideas, and their culture on Republicans and the right. And we are so sick and tired of it. Listen, let's just be clear, okay? Nothing she said there is wrong. The question isn't, is the premise of what she's saying wrong? It's not. She's accurate. Absolutely accurate. What I want to question here and want to go into in the show is would it actually a national divorce actually solve any of those problems? Because there's an assumption built into this that the liberals will leave you alone. And, uh, and by the way, welcome to the liberal trolls on the live chat. We love you getting wrecked in the live chat. It was awesome. So please join us every single day. We love you promoting Rumble. Thank you very much. But to the liberal goofball loser, uh, Ben and Jerry's eating uh, diaper wedding zeros out there. You have to understand, they don't want to leave you alone. So my primary problem with a national divorce is there's an assumption, again, that there's going to be this clean break. You're going to have these red states and then these blue states and that these blue states aren't going to do essentially what would be a political invasion of these red states to try them to get to turn to blue states. There's zero chance they're not going to do that. Because think about it. The whole premise of conservatism is God-given big R rights, right? Individual liberty. We just want to be left alone. You leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. You don't violate my civil rights. I'm not going to violate yours. You do you. That's not the liberal premise. These are losers, okay? They don't have real jobs. They don't have real lives. Their entire premise is taking away from you. That's it. I don't, I don't need to prove. They prove it themselves. Everything they talk about is taking something from you. You doubt me? Liberal trolls, challenge any of this. Taxes. You want more, right? Right? You want more of our stuff, right? Healthcare. You want to take away my decisions and give them to government bureaucrats you like, correct? Schools. You want to take away the choice for parents to send their kids to the school of their choice to send them to public schools you choose, correct? Yeah. Regulations. You want the power of, you want, you know there's no power in yes, telling people yes. So you want to be able to tell people no to regulations so they come to you and kiss your ass, right? 
All right. Everything is about you taking from us. We're not about that. They will not leave you alone. They will follow you to these red states. They will never leave you alone. That's my big kind of bird's eye view issue with a national divorce. It's based on a faulty premise. I'm not, I'm, by the way, I'm not picking a fight with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Again, nothing she said is wrong. And she's been very clear on what our comments mean later, more robust federalism, which I agree with. But a national divorce, I've heard a lot of people jump on this uh, bandwagon saying, oh, this is a great idea. Let me just first, before we get into some more pros and cons of this, because we're going to walk through it. Let me just debunk a premise first that the liberals will throw out there, because liberals, again, are really dumb. They are. They're really just genuinely stupid people. I'm not talking about all Democrats, but liberals are really dumb. They'll make up anything just to kind of make a point. But let's debunk this nonsense first. That, by the way, red states are grifters and they're feeding off the tax money from blue states. Number one, that ignores a number of things. It ignores the fact that retirees typically don't pay as much in taxes as people who are actively working, but they did pay them their entire lives. Okay, so if you're in Florida that has a lot of retirees, even though they paid taxes their entire lives to the federal government, they're not going to show up as taxes paid now because they're paying fewer taxes. Again, liberals, I know you're stupid, but this shouldn't be hard to process. Does that make sense? Is that complicated? You guys get that? Second, it doesn't take into account things like military bases, which happen to exist in a lot of red states where a lot of federal money goes as well. So the whole argument is dumb. But even when you look at it, Mises, this article is in my newsletter, Bongino.com slash newsletter. If you want to subscribe, it's free. I encourage you to read this from the Mises blog. No, red state economies don't depend on a gravy train from blue states. They did a simple thing, Joe, like adding up the taxes red states paid and the taxes they got back. And it turns out that there's no clear pattern at all that there's red states at the top. Mississippi, for example, pretty red state, obviously, really red. Yeah, they do get $3 for every dollar taxes paid. But New Mexico, which is a purple state, is second. Then you have West Virginia, red state, Alabama, Alaska, red state. But then you have Maine. And then you have Hawaii, a blue, the probably the bluest state. Montana, South Carolina. Then you have Vermont. Then Kentucky. Then Arizona, purple state. Then Virginia, a blue state, maybe purple state. The argument makes no, there's no pattern at all. Some states who are red get a lot of money for every dollar paid in taxes. Some blue states like Hawaii, like Maine, get a lot of money for each dollar paid. So that argument is just factually inaccurate, but it doesn't matter. Again, liberals are idiots and they'll just continue to say it. But Dan, it's debunked. It doesn't matter. They don't care about the truth. What would a national divorce look like? Well, here would be some of the pros. Let's talk about it rationally. This is the kind of thing that's out there. Then we should be able to use reason, right? And by the way, there's, just let me be clear on this from the start too. The assumption built into everything I'm about to say, of course, is this is a nonviolent divorce. I don't get into, you want to get into like violent stuff? That's, that We don't do that here. I'm not talking to you, the conservatives, I'm talking about the liberal crazies out there because I, you do you, but I, we don't do that here, okay? I'm talking about a nonviolent, just, kind of peaceful separation, what it would look like. So that's, uh, I want you to understand that that assumption's built in. Here'd be some of the pros. Dan Horowitz, who I really enjoy his writing at The Blaze, he put a piece up about exactly this. He says, we already have a national divorce. It's just one-sided. And he brings up a pretty excellent point on the pro side. We'll get to the cons in a minute. Well, it shouldn't be an argument over assets, right? He says, we don't even want the same things. 
I mean, we like in red states, right, fellas? We like our natural gas, our oil. You know, we like this crazy thing called energy and cheap gasoline so we can get around. I know the idea is nuts to the crazy libs, especially the trolls on the live chat, but uh, they don't want that. They want intermittent power like solar, wind, and electric cars, uh, that there's no possible way that they can fund their economies that way, but let them do it. The same, we're not going to argue about the same things. We want police and border patrol. They don't. We want established supplements and broad spectrum anti-inflammatory treatments. They want mRNA and masks. We want governmental assets to help Americans. They want it to help Ukraine and the whole world. So there really shouldn't be an argument over assets. If there was a peaceful separation and a national divorce, there shouldn't. If you guys, if you libs out there are not hypocrites, then you shouldn't worry about us. You shouldn't try to come after our oil and gas or anything like that. Let's talk about another pro. There may be some freedom from the regulatory deluge at Tip Wall Street Journal that the federal government is imposing on red states. This piece, Biden's regulatory deluge, this is amazing. I didn't know this, guys. Two years, the first two years of the Biden administration, he has imposed 517 new regulatory actions costing $318 billion to our economy. Now, I say maybe there'd be some freedom from the federal regulatory deluge because it gets kind of a pro and a con, but, you know, the whole world's gray, right? Because if you're doing business interstate and there's the United States and the new United States, the conservative United States, most of those businesses are still going to have a presence in the old United States, the blue one, and are probably going to be subjected to the old regulations. So don't assume like, oh yeah, we'll be free from these federal regulations. Uh, that's not, not so much. Maybe, maybe some businesses would just relocate and say, listen, we're not going to do business there. We're going to stick with the red states. Okay. Another pro. Well, I guess you could consider it a culture war victory. CRT would be ripped out of schools. We wouldn't be teaching our kids to be racist anymore. Uh, we wouldn't teach our kids that there's no such thing as men and women. Uh, we would uh, rip out these vaccine mandates in the new United States. Also, we could get rid of silly, unscientific voodoo nonsense like masks. Oh, I thought that's going away. Oh, you thought wrong. Just the news. You could read the article. Did you know OSHA's considering a new mask mandate in healthcare facilities? No. No, this article is from 2020. No, no, it's from, look at, look at that. Look at that. Joe, it's from February 2023. Very recent. So, but, which is really weird because it was just a huge meta-analysis showing masks don't yeah. work. What the? But it doesn't really, you saw, yeah, we covered that on, I think we covered. It's so weird that OSHA, this federal agency, wants masks in healthcare facilities forever, even though we know they don't work. It's almost like it's like voodoo stuff. So we'd be free from that. That's kind of a pro. You can read that article, by the way. Again, you think I'm making any of this up. Finally, hat tip to my good friend, Mark Levin. We would probably have to draft up a new constitution for the new United States. Uh, and we can look into the Liberty Amendments, where we could put more specific restrictions on government growth. Super majorities for tax hikes, constitutional carry, clear up uh, any perceived leftist ambiguity in the Second Amendment. There is no ambiguity. I get it. But there'd be no perception whatsoever in a new constitution. So those are some of the pros, right? However, if we're going to have a reasonable conversation about this, because we're not liberal nutbags, then we do have to discuss the cons too. One of the cons are, I, I've heard a few people, because I've been following this debate again, I'm never first on a story I choose not to be. I choose to be accurate. 
I was kind of watching how this story materialized. And as it's kind of grew, it's been trending a lot on social media. I decided, you know what? It's time to really do a lot of homework. So I put some work into the show over the last few days. I thought this through a lot. One of the arguments I've seen people talking about on social media is, oh, taxes. You know, we could get away from a lot of these federal government taxes. Ah, folks, not really. The old United States, what you're used to now is the current United States, which would be the blue states. You have to remember, businesses and people uh, travel. People travel because of business. I assure you, blue states would have all kinds of exit taxes, entry taxes, interstate taxes, border taxes. Wait, border at the U.S. border? No, no, borders within the United States, between the red states and the blue states. There is zero. I would make the case to you the tax burden on your life might be even worse. Now, you may say, oh, I'm retired. I don't need to leave my red state. Fair enough. But that that doesn't apply to 90 percent of people. So the cons are if you think it's going to save you any tax money, you're probably wrong. The second point I made before, I don't want to relitigate too much, but they're not going to let you go. Liberals, their entire guiding ethos, the bedrock of what they stand for is the subjugation of others. It's the essence of socialism and tyranny. That's what liberals live for. Collectivized government power. Socialism is the government control of the means of production. To take control of the means of production, your farms and your businesses, they have to take it from you. Liberals have pursued this in the United States, around the world. There are liberal activist groups in the United States that absolutely love and advocate for socialism around the world. Just look at South and Central America. They worship AMLO and others. What's my point? You think the same liberals in the United States now that are working to push socialism around the world are going to leave their neighbors alone in red states? (laughs) Good luck. They'll come after you first. There's zero chance they're going to leave you alone. That's why I say it's not going to really solve anything. A couple of things, well, a couple more cons to this. Debts won't be forgiven. There's zero chance that they're going to let you go without saying, well, you owe us a certain amount of money. Well, then, then oh, well, we don't have to pay them. Well, really? I mean, there's going to be things we're going to need. I mean, if you had to say, say the, the, the new United States was Florida, Texas, Louisiana, keep it simple. They're going to need some kind of national defense force. And and, they're going to need some people to be relieved from military duty to go and be their new military in this new United States. How are they going to do that? They're going to say, okay, we'll give you guys back, but you got to pay off your percentage of the debt to the federal government, which, by the way, is like $3 trillion or whatever. No one's going to have that kind of money. The debts won't be forgiven. Again, I'm just trying to walk through this practically, what it would actually look like. We don't want to be like liberals where we just talk a lot of junk and we don't actually know what we're talking about. Military commitments won't be forgiven either. There's zero chance the military is going to be like, oh, you're Texas, Louisiana, Florida. Oh, you guys just go and do your thing. No way. No way. So you're not going to really, all of your trained military people are going to be stuck with the old United States. By the way, what would we do about a military threat? Let's say the new United States of Florida, Texas, and Louisiana. Let's say China sees them as a convenient target, realizing there's a political schism in the United States. They can take advantage of What would we do if China decided to attack on Florida? Oh, that's the craziest idea in the world. Folks, if you think these ideas are crazy, just look at the last 200 years of human history. Not only is this not the exception, it's the rule. Just look at Europe, the map in Europe. Jesse Kelly had a great tweet about this. Look at the changing over 200 years, just 200 years. Basically, two and a half lifetimes. 
Just look at Europe. You don't think China would take advantage of that? Maybe not with a direct attack. What would we do? We need some kind of military to counter it. These are things to really think about. All right, I've got a couple more I want to get to. Really important ones, too, that I don't think people considered. There's an assumption we're going to have to stay in our states. There's no way. How are you going to travel to airports? How are you going to get around? You know, if you live in Alabama, uh, a state I'm very familiar with, you don't have access to places without stopping off in certain connecting airports. We got to think all this through. All right, let me get to my next sponsor. Get back to that big show today. Genucell.com question for all of you. What does it sound like uh, when you find the secret to great skincare? Here's Mary and her husband from Faith, North Carolina to tell you. My husband and I both notice our skin is softer and smoother after having used the Genucell products faithfully for a few weeks. Our skin looks brighter, our wrinkles look softer and less noticeable, and the bags under my eyes are less visible. So happy. Best of all, they're easy to use and apply, even for my husband. Genucell products can help target all your problem areas like Mary's, plus dark spots, skin redness, even sagging jawlines. Genucell can work for men and women of all skin types. My wife loves it. So does my mother-in-law. With its immediate effects, see results in 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. These success stories are true. All their products have been creating happiness since the first formulation by the founder over 20 years ago in a small New Jersey pharmacy. Right now, Genucell, G-E-N-U-C-E-L, their most popular package is 70, 70, 70% off. It includes their new probiotic extract moisturizer for visibly healthier, more visibly healthier more youthful looking skin, absolutely free with every most popular uh, package order. Go to genucell.com slash Dan. That's genucell.com slash Dan for surprise savings at checkout. And for a limited time, any subscription order includes a free beauty box and free shipping. Genucell.com slash Dan. Genucell.com slash Dan. Thanks, Genucell. So again, the final couple of cons to a national divorce. Again, a nonviolent one, which, uh, you know, we, if, if God forbid it were to happen, I, again, I think it's a bad idea for the reasons I laid out. But the final two are state border controls. Again, there's an assumption here that the, the, that the blue states are going to do this in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a peaceful manner. I don't mean peaceful like in a violent way. I mean that they're not going to be aggressive about it, especially when it comes to red state, new United States citizens in their states. They're going to try to politically invade your state and keep you out of theirs. Folks, how are you going to travel? You got a business trip in California? What are you going to do? You're going to need a passport? You're going to need a visa? I mean, listen, these are serious things to talk about. It sounds ridiculous, but if there's going to be a conversation about a national divorce, then there damn well better be a serious one. It's not the kind of thing you try to figure out later. <laughs> oh, didn't think of that. What about gun laws? You know, right now, a lot of purple states, even purples have reciprocity laws with Florida, meaning if you have a, a carry permit in Florida, that that's respected in another, even, even in some purple states. But what happens if those purple states don't join the, say, Texas, Florida, Louisiana, new United States? All of a sudden, you can't carry, you're, you're a criminal carrying a firearm? Because, oh, no, no, we have the protections of the old constitution in the old United States. No, no, the liberals don't believe in that. They would, they would relitigate that instantly, instantly as they pack the Supreme Court. Finally, one last thing. There's a massive political problem with all of this. For as poorly thought out Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare are, they are going bankrupt. There's no question about it. Please read the actuary reports. By 2033, Social Security will be insolvent. There's a 20% benefit cut coming. That's not my opinion. That's a fact. Please look it up yourself. Don't take my word for it. I don't have time to go into it again today. We've gone over it multiple times. 
Medicare's in the same boat, excuse me, by 2028, there's going to be a 10% cut in Medicare, forcing doctors out of the program. Please look that up. Again, don't take my word for it. Medicaid is going insolvent too. Having said that, established how poorly run these programs are. Can you imagine the political problem politicians in the new United States would find themselves in when a bunch of their senior citizens who are relying on these programs, however poorly designed they are, are almost instantaneously cut off? These aren't the kind of things you could figure out afterwards. They're the kind of things you have to think about now. That's what a national divorce would look like. That's why I think it's a really bad idea. I think uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene understood that too. And I agree with her 100% that a robust federalism with a rapidly shrinking federal government and expanded state and local power, the original model of the founding fathers, that's the only way to go. Now, folks, a national divorce would allow us something. So a robust sense of federalism would too. I know I sound really down in the idea because I am, but I can't deny that there would be some pros to. It would allow us in a new United States Constitution to recodify free speech. Why do we need to recodify it? Because it's laid out in the original Constitution. A lot of good it's doing us, right? Let me ask you guys. Gee, Joe, you've been with me the longest. Do you feel like we really have free speech given how much we've been under attack? Do you really feel like whatever we can say, as long as it doesn't break the law, it's without any penalty whatsoever? Honestly, do you feel hell, that way? Honestly, hell no. I, I know that. Of course you don't. That's right. Yeah, I know you know that because you've been with me from the beginning. Joe knows the inside story yeah. of the practically daily attacks we're under by crazed lunatics on the left whose only goal is to silence us. Now, we, we practice free speech, but it doesn't mean we have free speech. It would allow us to codify it. To codify it, excuse me, and to escape the media swamp symbiote I talk about all the time, looking to crush civil liberties, especially free speech. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, there is no better example of the media swamp symbiote than Ann Applebaum. <laughs> you remember this name? We talked about Ann Applebaum a couple of weeks ago. Now, I don't mean to single her out, but gosh, she is the best example out there of what the media swamp slash swamp anti-free speech censorship symbiote looks like she's an elite she's a pseudo journalist she's connected to the global cabal she spreads disinformation while censoring people trying to correct her claiming they're the ones spreading disinformation there is no better example why am i bringing her up today because yesterday we broke down the whole lab leak leak and how it was awfully convenient that as a Hunter Biden, Biden Inc. whistleblower came out, all of a sudden a story popped. Oh, look, a lab leak we already knew about. Seems like kind of a trap to me, right? Which we discussed yesterday. You can watch that show and we'll go what we laid out all the evidence. This thing's definitely a trap. Well, here was Ann Applebaum, who again is a, a, a uh, fake news specialist at The Atlantic. When Tom Cotton came out, back in 2020 and said, hey, uh, this looks like a lab leak, man, from this Wuhan coronavirus lab where the Wuhan coronavirus started. Here's pseudo-journalist Dan Applebaum. Wow. Just like the Soviet propagandists who tried to convince the world that the CIA invented AIDS. And who is she talking about? Claiming he's a Soviet propagandist? Republican Senator Tom Cotton, who it turns out was right. Remember this gem from Ann Applebaum, too? Here's Ann Applebaum. It was, this is, again, this divorce would allow us to escape some of these people. 
Here's the same fake news specialist spreading disinformation, ruthlessly attacking Tom Cotton. Here she is caught on video at this symposium here. She's asked a question about Hunter Biden's laptop, which, of course, we now know is authentic. And there's evidence of significant malfeasance. Here was her ridiculous answer to that. I'm Daniel Schmidt. I'm a freshman at the University of Chicago. My question is for Ms. Applebaum. Um, so in 2020, you wrote, those who live outside the Fox News bubble do not, of course, need to learn any of the stuff about Hunter Biden, referring to his laptop, of course. Uh, a poll later after that found that if voters knew about the content of the laptop, 16% of Joe Biden voters would have acted differently. Now, of course, we know a few weeks ago, the New York Times confirmed that the content is real. Do you think the media acted inappropriately when they instantly dismissed uh, Hunter Biden's laptop as Russian disinformation? And what can we learn from that in ensuring that what we label as disinformation is truly disinformation and not reality? I mean, my, my problem with Hunter Biden's laptop is, I think, totally irrelevant. I mean, it's not whether it's disinformation or I mean, I don't think the Hunter Biden's um, business relationships have anything to do with who should be president of the United States. So I, I didn't find I don't find it to be interesting. I mean, that that would be my problem with the, that as a as a major news story. Now, I promise there's a point to this. Why are we bringing up Ann Applebaum in a discussion of recodifying free speech in a country that's supposed to have a First Amendment that protects it, but really doesn't? Because I'm telling you, she is the prototype for the new censorship elite, how they work, how they connect, and how they spread disinformation. By the way, she's married to a guy that is a card-carrying member of the global swamp, who, by the way, was one of the first ones to thank the United States for the bombing of the Nord Stream pipeline. Remember this story? Washington Examiner about Radoslaw Sikorsky? He's previously held high-level appointments in the Polish government. He's been affiliated with American think tanks. He is the husband of Ann Applebaum, an American journalist and prominent critic of Putin. Oh, it's kind of like the global swamp loves the American swamp, which loves the media, which loves the liberals, which loves to censor people. They love to censor people? Hell yeah, they do. New York Post, left-wing disinformation group, breaks in cash with a blacklist of conservative news outlets. So the same Ann Applebaum who fed the conspiracy theory to the world through her attack on Tom Cotton, the conspiracy theory that there's a natural origin to COVID. There isn't. There's no evidence of that. The same Applebaum, who says the Hunter Biden laptop story, the biggest scandal of our time, is not interesting. The same Ann Applebaum was connected to the global swamp through Hubs too. Is the same Ann Applebaum on a board of an advisory panel, excuse me, on an advisory panel to the Global Disinformation Index that has a blacklist of conservative websites. You can read it. You can read it right there. You can read it right there. The group's exclusionary list is compiled with input from members of an advisory panel that includes journalist Ann Applebaum, who dismissed the Hunter Biden laptop scoop as, quote, not interesting. These are the people censoring you for calling them out. Joe knows about the blacklist. Hell yes. We've appeared on him many times. Yes, we have, Dan. You should call him the truthless, but it doesn't matter to them. Oh, I got more on this because I'm going to tie this whole thing together for you. This is just gets even better. And how it, how it relates to yesterday's story about the Lab League, too, and how the Applebaums of the world are all working together to shut us all up. 
Let me get to my next sponsor. I'll get right back to that because I promise you, this thing is going to kick you right in the nuts. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's true. It's just so obvious. Folks, a good life insurance plan can give you peace of mind that if something happens to you, your family will have a safety net to cover all their expenses. Policy Genius was built to modernize the life insurance industry. Their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes for America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $39 per month for $2 million of coverage. Some options offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius has licensed agents who can help you find the best fit for your needs. They work for you, not the insurance companies. That means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another so you can trust their guidance. There are no added fees and your personal details are private. No wonder they have thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net. You deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head to policygenius.com. That's policygenius.com. Or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Thanks, Policy Genius. We appreciate it. Here's where the story gets even crazier. So again, you got Ann Appleman. I was just picking on her. She's one of many of these people. But she's part of a number of protected groups. The media swamp, the liberal swamp, Hubs is part of the global swamp. So they can say whatever they want. We bombed the Nord Stream pipeline, even though they call it a conspiracy theory. Hunter Biden's laptop is not even interesting. Don't worry about it. Tom Cotton's a Soviet propagandist for speaking the truth. Everything's A-OK because she's on the board of the Global Disinformation Index that gets to censor us. Now you see why people might want a national divorce. Gabe Kaminsky's been exposing all this, the Global Disinformation Index. He calls it Disinformation Inc. He notes in this piece, again, in the newsletter today, what a gem. That this government-backed group that apparently the State Department's been working with tried to punish sites, boosting the now we know to be likely true COVID lab leak theory. Here, Ann Applebaum, she's on an advisory group to this thing. The Global Disinformation Index, a British group with two affiliated U.S. nonprofit organizations, has continued to come under fire for feeding conservative news blacklists to advertising companies. This same government-funded entity, that sounds like a First Amendment violation, by the way, repeatedly applied pressure on companies to cut ties with websites promoting the once-alleged right-wing conspiracy that COVID-19 emerged from a lab, which the Energy Department recently concluded is probable based on intelligence. You see how the scam works? Now, some of these same swampies, by the way, involved in the global swamp, the media swamp, and the liberal swamp, who just decades ago, I mean, Joe, you know the 60s, man, better, better than I am, wasn't alive. Yeah. We had peace, love, and happiness, and the hippies, remember they were like, get out of war, yeah, man. man. Whoa, what is it good for? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> now they're like, whoa. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. More war. It's good for everything. Yeah. I mean, what changed? Amazing. What cha it, 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 you like wow. that? Wow. Yeah. No, but the, it, the, the change. Holy cow. The, the flipper, the flipperoo, the flipper. It, yeah. It's incredible. Like the left is now what they consider the old neocon right. And they now, you know, whatever the, a lot of the neocon on, uh, folks on the right have many, not all, many have switched over now to saying, hey, we got to take care of the United States first. So you wonder why all these global swampies who are profiting from this massive disinformation machine, profiting from their connections to big business. I thought Republicans were about big business. No, no, the swampies are. That's not us. The Black Rocks of the world, investment firms, they're all lefties. 
YouTube, Google, Alphabet, Facebook, these major companies, they're not with us. Why are they so eager to plunge us into World War III, the Swampies? So weird, right? Oh, this is the great Charlie Gasparino. What an article over at the New York Post. Kind of explains it, no? Oh, look at this. Wall Street has its eyes set on Ukraine. Uh, again, here's my shock face. If it looks like my normal face, it's because it is. So Wall Street has some money-making plans in Ukraine? Get a little bit of devastation. You know how that works, you know? Guys level the place and get a bunch of money people in there. United States funds a whole rebuilding project. Everybody makes a fortune. <laughs> what a deal. Charlie Gasparino notes that the world's largest money management firm, this is crazy, BlackRock, no. That's so nuts. They continue to hold high-level meetings with Zelensky? JP Morgan, too, scoping out the situation? So weird, guys. It's almost like, you know, they love this whole state-controlled economy thing. You know, United States, states, gives money to Ukraine, another state. It's a reliable source of proceeds. You don't have to compete in capitalism or anything like that. After the place is devastated, everybody makes money because they just take it from the taxpayers and there's no risk. It's almost like that would be a planned economy and that BlackRock loves that kind of stuff. But it's not like they've actually admitted to that. But Guy, but Guy says they have. But Guy says they, he says they have. He says, I've got this video of Larry Fink actually admiring China and these state-planned economies. That's crazy. I, I don't I don't believe play. I want to see it myself. Let me check this out. Markets like actually totalitarian governments where you have a uh, understanding of what's out there. And obviously we're uh, the whole dimension is changing now with, uh, as you said, a democratization of uh, of countries and and democracies are very messy, as we know, in the United States, uh, you have opinions changing back and forth. We have a business in China. We are trying to build Chinese savings like we build savings in every other country. Um, we work with them on retirement. We work with them on trying to build a better future for their, for their um, uh, citizens by building a retirement market. They own over $2.1 trillion of U.S. Uh, securities, the Chinese does. I mean, there, this is a very interconnected relationship. So, so this is, let me just get this, let me just get this straight. So BlackRock, you just saw Larry Fink, who runs it. Uh, he's CEO, right? Big lib, huge lib, right? He runs a trillion-dollar company, one of the largest investment firms in the world. A company so powerful, it's it's hard to describe in this show, but just look them up. It's amazing. He's part of the, the global swamp trying, you know, the global swamp trying to censor all of us for speaking the truth and asking questions about Ukraine. You're not even allowed to ask questions about Ukraine. God forbid you mention biolabs or the bombing of the pipeline, you know, Applebaum's husband, everything. He can say that. You can't. But Larry Fink admits, hey, we've got a lot of money in China. So they make money when the Chinese war machine makes money. The Chinese war machine funds Russia. Guys, if I'm wrong, can please stop me if I'm inaccurate at any point. Fink and BlackRock make money funding the China war machine, which funds Russia's destruction of Ukraine, which Fink and his team go and meet with Ukraine. Ukraine's leveled. And then they make money rebuilding Ukraine, paid for by the taxpayer dollars of the United States and a planned economy because democracy is messy. What a freaking deal, bro. How do we get in on that? That is crazy. Sounds to me like a racket. Gosh, we're missing out. We're so dumb. What are we doing? Investing in stocks and doing entrepreneurship. Idiots. Should have been like Hunter. He's right. 
See, he is a smart, you're right. He's clearly smarter than us. Sell access to your dad for money. Pretty guaranteed cash flow there. Entrepreneurship, meritocracy, idiots we are. Speaking of Hunter Biden, uh, there's something I said to you a couple weeks ago. I told you I was speculating at the time, but I was speculating based on my background as an investigator that there was no way the Biden classified documents were just found by surprise, folks. Do you remember the show where I said to you, there's a whistleblower here somewhere. There's no way Biden Inc. just was like, oh, look, we found classified documents. Let's do the right thing. I got an update on that story coming up. My last sponsor first. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Zip Recruiter. There are certain roles in government or politics that are harder to fill than others. It takes skills and experience, even specific personality traits for some of them. And if you're trying to fill an opening for Speaker of the House or Secretary of State, the process could take quite a while, but not every role has to be that difficult to fill. That's because there's Zip Recruiter. ZipRecruiter helps you find the most qualified people for your roles fast. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. ZipRecruiter's matching technology. They excel at finding the most qualified candidates for a wide range of roles. See a candidate who'd be, a perfect, uh, who'd be perfect for your job? ZipRecruiter makes it easy to send them a personal invite. That makes them more likely to apply. ZipRecruiter also uh, offers attention-grabbing labels that speak to job flexibility like remote, training provided, urgent, and more to help your job stand out. See why the majority of employers count on ZipRecruiter. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Simply go to the exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino. ZipRecruiter.com slash B-O-N-G-I-N-O. Don't wait. Get that competitive advantage today. ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino. ZipRecruiter. Smartest way to hire. Thanks, ZipRecruiter. We appreciate it. So, yeah, I, I was speculating a few weeks ago, taking some kind of victory lap. I didn't have some source in DC. If I did, I'd tell you. We had a lot of sources on Spygate. But I, I was guessing based on information because there was simply no way the DOJ and the FBI that are fully in hock to the Biden administration and are just dominated by liberal tyrants right now, the upper levels of both of those organizations. There was no way they were going to initiate an investigation against their master, Joe Biden. I mean, they genuflect in front of him and kiss his ass. And you know Biden's corrupt. So if Biden found classified documents that he would have had to take from the Senate, there's no way he found them. Because if he took them, he knew he took them. How's that, Joe? Because yeah. he took them. So he, he would know he, he took them? <laughs> Is any of this really hard? I was surprised I had the documents. You were surprised by the documents you took? The story never made sense. So again, this is no victory lap. Hey, look at me. I'm smart. It was just basic speculation that there was obviously some whistleblower here who went to the Department of Justice or the FBI or was roped in in a separate investigation, maybe the McGonagall FBI one, I don't know, who clearly said, I know X, Y, and Z about Biden, Inc. It went down on a 302 somewhere, a document. The FBI has to document their interviews, right? And the FBI was on a, in the, at a bad spot because they're like, hey, guys, it's now in writing. This guy's saying there's a legal dealings going on. I know we'd like to make this thing go away. I mean, it's not Donald Trump. It's Biden. So we want to, you know, rug. Well, here you go. Free beacon. Chuck Ross. Whistleblowers as he gave the DOJ damning information on the Biden family foreign business deals. Apparently, the guy's name is Gail Luft, co-director of a Washington-based institute for the analysis of global security. He says he provided information about Hunter Biden, his dad, and his uncle to the DOJ in March of 2019. 
again, it was, it was pretty obvious. It's not like I, you know, invented the wheel here and did, oh, look at that. What a great, uh, what a great analysis. It was obvious there was a whistleblower, which says to me, the DOJ and the FBI are in a bad spot. And it makes the absolutely hapless Kareem Jean-Pierre, anybody changing their vote? Yeah. No, Joe? Still sucks. Still sucks. Yeah. Okay. Kareem Jean-Pierre, the worst press secretary in the history of the United States. It's not even a close second at this point. That made these old Kareem Jean-Pierre statements about the documents being a surprise so ridiculous at the time. They were, any idiot watching this was like, she's clearly lying. Here, take a look. He had a closet with he, classified his information. Lawyers in did it the right Again, 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 did he, did, he was right surprised thing? that the records were there. He spoke to this personally. He was surprised that the, that the records were there. Oh, gosh. I mean, really, he, the, the level of moron you have to be to believe that. Oh, look, we found classified documents. We turned them in to do the right thing. Right. The guy has zero history of ever doing the right thing in his entire existence on planet Earth. And all of a sudden, he's the law and order guy, Biden Inc. Please, please stop. Folks, what are they hiding? What they're hiding, I believe, I'm going to go to uh, Miranda Devine here. This is a very important cut. It's from Maria Bartiromo's show. It's from a little bit ago, about a month ago. We played it before, but it's important you remember this. What they may be hiding is not just an influence peddling scheme where Hunter Biden and Biden Inc., the Biden family, were selling access to Joe Biden, the dad, as vice president, as a senator for money. But there's a possibility, based on Miranda Devine's claims in this, that some of the emails may have information that Hunter Biden may have gotten from classified sources and then trafficked in for money. It would only be probably the biggest political scandal of our time. Here, take a listen yourself. Well, I think it's uh, <clears throat> the best indication we have so far that that classified uh, information that Joe Biden so um, sloppily, I guess, stored all over, you know, five different locations at his house, in his garage, uh, at his office at the University of Pennsylvania, that that may have gotten into the hands of his son, Hunter Biden, um, and that Hunter Biden was using it to uh, make him get make himself money with his overseas clients. And uh, that included China, of course, and Ukraine and Russia. Folks, again, it would only be the biggest scandal of our time if that's the case. Now it is the lab leak story, the global swamps efforts to censor us while they make money off a war in Ukraine and they all get rich off our backs. Now does the lab leak leak over the weekend make sense as the whistleblower story comes out? And the fact that the Biden family may have been selling access to the former vice president, current president and a U.S. senator. Again, it's only the biggest political scandal of our time. And it's weird how as these things come out, we see selectively leaked stories from the Biden administration. Like, look, there's a lab leak that we knew about three years ago. You know what? Jump ahead to Kirby quickie. I know I want to get to the Jerry Baker piece. We got time. But just Kirby yesterday said the most insane thing, too, at the White House. John Kirby, who's their strategic communications director. Whenever Corrine Jean-Pierre, who's the worst press secretary in the history of the United States, is faced with some trouble, which is like going out there and answering a question, they trot out Kirby. So the story created a lot of issues for them yesterday. Here's Kirby in one of the most bizarre answers I've ever seen this guy give, where he appears to be defending gain-of-function research that makes viruses more powerful to kill human beings. It sounds like something that happened with the coronavirus. 
that killed a number of people, which I think we can all agree was a really bad idea. Here's Kirby appearing to defend it. No, I'm not kidding. Listen yourself. Does the president believe that this type of gain of function research is prudent? He believes that um, it's important to help prevent future pandemics, which means he understands that there has to be legitimate scientific research into the sources or potential sources of pandemics so that we understand it so that we can prevent them and we can prevent them from happening, obviously. Um, but he also believes, and, and, and this is why he wants the, the whole of government effort here to understand it, um, that that research has to be done and must be done in a safe and secure manner as, and as transparent as possible to the rest of the world so that so people know what's going on. So I think that's a fancy way of saying yes. It's a, it's a, I don't care if it's a fancy way or not. The saying yes part's the one that kind of bothers me yeah. a little bit. These people are nuts. Now you see why conversations about a national divorce are trending. They're like, wait, wait, wait. The federal government wants to do more of this stuff? As if wiping out tens of millions of people wasn't enough? This is, this is the hubris involved with this centralized government power, these anointed ones. Self-anointed, where they really think they're smarter than the rest of us, despite body bags piling up everywhere. By the way, Jerry Baker, who, you know, I agree with and disagree with, he's obviously not a big Trump fan, but he writes good pieces at the Wall Street Journal, and I'm not closed-minded to anybody's stuff. I enjoy reading his stuff. He has an interesting piece up, and uh, it's, it's, it's interesting because after yesterday's show, it popped on the Wall Street Journal. So uh, it, it popped, the, it was about the exact same topic we were talking about. How the government is so completely unserious and feckless. How it's not that government just is incompetent. It's that they're the cause of almost every problem out there. So Baker, I'm, I'm just going to go through a couple. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But Baker has this piece called The Trump Grand Jury in the Age of Unserious. He's talking about that grand jury for a uh, woman, for a person who's out there on, the, on all, all the talk shows making a fool of herself, right? And he's like, this is just where we are. Like the government can't figure anything out. He writes, look, the fiscal crisis. He's like, the current budget debate's a case in point. Everyone knows we have a fiscal crisis staring us in the face. Everyone. He knows, but any attempt to have a serious discussion is just scotched. Democrats demagogue everything we want to do on entitlements because they know there's no penalty. Until the whole thing falls apart. And then the media will do what? Blame Republicans. He talks about critical race theory. Again, how the government is... Totally unserious, complete buffoonery. He's like, it's a profoundly unserious proposition that rests on the willing suspension of disbelief about history, economics, and society. No serious person who has any credibility with history at all believes the U.S. was founded to preserve slavery. None. Yet we still have grifters pumping this nonsense. He talks about biological sex. This is how unserious, again, the government pushing all this crap. The idea that biological sex isn't real? Surely some future generation will look back and giggle at this when they discover we have a government that solemnly talks about chest feeding <laughs> pregnant people or a Supreme Court justice who doesn't know what a woman is. This isn't serious, folks. Now you see why people are talking about a national divorce? What about climate change? He notes there's this alarmist claptrap that gets thrown out of daily about climate change. 
He says, listen, it's, you can agree with him. Right? He says, it's real and needs an honest debate about measures to restrain and remediate. But that would be serious. So instead, we're told the planet's going to burn up and our only option is to reverse millennia of human progress. And our leaders spend the last few years trying to win the approval of an angry Swedish teenager. I just want to throw this one last article in before we bolt. Showing you how unserious these people are and how the media swamp symbiote works to keep everything unserious, why they collectivize power and steal away your civil liberties. The climate change portion. There's a great article in PJ Media by Rick Moran. Former Reuters editor, Reuters, like, I mean, Reuters, card-carrying members of the left, right? Former Reuters editor says he was misled on climate change. He notes that he had all the access to all the great scientists on climate change. And he says, you know, this is a little known fact that a close reading of the, US's, uh, U, uh, the UN's intergovernment panel on climate change reports reveal that while 90% of climate scientists agree the climate is warming, far fewer are sure that carbon dioxide, CO2, is the culprit. Really? He noted, my Reuters credentials meant I had easy access to the world's finest climate science, excuse me, to my amazement. None of these would say categorically that the link between CO2 and global warming, now known as climate change, was a proven scientific fact. Kind of weird, right? The media swamp symbiote told us that was all true because they're unserious. They're not serious. They want to destroy our electric grid over, a, over a, a, a nightmare. It's not even a dreamland. It's a nightmare. All right, folks. I hope you enjoyed the live stream today at uh, 11. We're really enjoying this. If you want to tune in every day, you can always watch the podcast as you normally do, by the way. I don't really think there's any change. Um, you please subscribe if you would. I deeply appreciate it. We were number four last week. We're number five yesterday. The subscriptions help us stay on the charts. I deeply appreciate it. Matters to me if you would subscribe and follow. Please do so at Apple, Spotify, and Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino. And if you want to join the live premiere, 11 a.m. Eastern time every single day, you can join the live chat, uh, Liberal Trolls. We love having you there. It's hilarious watching you guys make fools of yourselves in front of your families and everything. We love that. So thank you very much. It's rumble.com slash Bongino. Really appreciate it. See you back here tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.